Hello, and welcome to my top TV shows of 2023. Wow, yeah, 2023 just flew by, and, you know, we had a lot of TV to watch. I'm usually trying to watch as much as I can or tuning into things I hear about, but um, for the most part, I thought it was a pretty good year for television, even though we had the strike. Um, I'm glad they sorted that out, and everybody's back to work, and... um, Yeah, 2024 should be great as well. Let's start off here. At number 10, we have Jury Duty. Oh my gosh, this one was uh, definitely unexpected. A few patients had told me about it. Um, Hilarious concept and uh, very well thought out, very well, you know, detailed. Um, If you guys don't know what this is about, it's an Amazon show. Basically, this random person is invited to do jury duty in California. What he doesn't know is that everybody, a part of this process of this jury duty, from the guards at the front of the jury to the jury members themselves, the judge, the people um, kind of sitting in the audience, everybody is a paid actor, but except this one person. And so he goes through the process of being a jury member on this case while dealing with all these lunatics that are in the jury with him. And it is hilarious to see this man's reactions, his interactions, uh, his kindness, um, his humility. It's really a cool process. And on top of that, one of the jury members ends up being James Marson, the actor. And uh, to see his interaction with the guy who's getting duped is hilarious through the whole process. It's about eight to ten episodes really funny and then you know at the end of it they show you how it all worked which is really cool too definitely a good good comedy if you're looking for something to make you laugh coming in at number nine is a murder at the end of the world this one was also very unexpected um i looked up reviews uh one person had mentioned it as well and um the first thing I saw was it was the creators of the OA. And the OA was a show I actually enjoyed. Um, sure, it was a little crazy and um, it was like Lost. You had more questions at the end of every episode rather than answers. Um, but it got canceled on Netflix. So the creators of this um, show ended up making uh, Murder at the End of the World. And this this show was actually even better than the OA because it was more concise yes it had twists and turns which i love that you can't see coming um but what a cool idea for a show so it's basically about an internet sleuth that you know is invited to this prestigious uh kind of dinner um in antarctica with all these rich people and of course being an internet sleuth a broke internet sleuth you don't really fit in with all these elon elon musk type people so you're wondering well why am i invited here what happens is somebody gets murdered at this little retreat thing with all these rich people and the internet sleuth has to use her skills to basically figure out who done it. Um, you know, Clive Owens in it as well. Uh, some great acting and overall great story. Um, definitely would recommend uh, checking that one out too. Coming in at number eight is the fall of the house of Usher. Once again, being me, you know I'm a big horror fan. And Mike Flanagan does horror better than anyone else for television, for sure. This is another one of his projects, his babies. And it might be one of the best ones. Uh, Haunting of Hill House is a close second, but 
they're both very well done. When it comes to the fall of the House of Usher, it has a little bit of succession vibes. Very rich family. The dad is leader of this massive billion-dollar uh, pharmaceutical company, and he has, I think it's eight kids with eight, eight or nine different wives, and um, they're all awful people, just like Succession. But in this story, there's a bit of a horror aspect to it, and something keeps happening to his children, and he's wondering why, and it all comes back to a reveal um, that happens. Um, there's a lot of mystery, a lot of death, a lot of gore, um, but it is very tragic, of course, but also there's some, there's some comedy to some of these characters that Mike Flanagan handles well. And overall, it's a very well done, full, full story. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, Mike Flanagan does next. He always does good work. Coming in at number seven is The Night Agent. I'd heard that this production was filming locally here in Vancouver, but I didn't hear much about it uh, overall. Um, I believed it's from the creator of The Shield, who, um, you know, that, that series was, was pretty solid, its entire run. And this show is has a similar vibe. It is a great classic cop espionage FBI type show where there's some sort of conspiracy going on. So people are getting killed. And, you know, we have one guy at the center of it trying to figure it out. And that is uh, the night agent. Um, I had never heard of who Gabriel Basso is. I didn't I didn't know who he was. And, you know, honestly, his, you know, his acting's not amazing. Um, but does it suit the style of the show and the story that they're trying to tell? Sure. Um, some of the action sequences, very entertaining. Some of the fight scenes, very entertaining. Um, overall, I think it told a pretty wholesome uh, type story. And uh, it seems like if they go the same route as Reacher, where it's, you know, a different entirely different story every season. Um, I think that might be the way to go with this one, just having the same central character and, uh, you know, see where he goes from there. So I'm excited to see what they do in season two, but season one was uh, definitely one of my favorites this year. Coming in at number six is Shorzy. If you haven't heard of Shorzy, it uh, is from creator Jared Kiso. It's from the Letter Kenny world. Letter Kenny is one of my you know, favorite comedy shows ever. And the fact that they did a spinoff with the hilarious hockey player Shorzy from Letterkenny is awesome. You know, such a good idea. Jared Kiso has a, a you know gold mine here with the world he's created, and Shorzy is one of the be- best, you know, best uh, characters on TV. Um, if you don't know what Shorzy is, follows this hockey player who is, you know, thirties. That is um, still trying to live the dream, playing in like a junior A type level uh, somewhere in Ontario. And, uh, you know, he's trying to build this team. This team might get cut and shut down um, from the league because they've been so bad. And so Shorzy comes in and gets transferred there and basically has to get the get the team that he wants and uh, try and go on a win on a run and, and win some games here. And uh, the performances all around is hilarious. It's hilarious hockey, like comedy. If you've ever grown up in a small town, especially, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Overall, just a hilarious show, and it's really fun to always watch. Coming in at number five is The Boys Gen V. 
So this is another spinoff of The Boys, which is a massive hit for Amazon and such a well-done, hilarious show from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And this is a spinoff. So you're basically taking the world of The Boys and you're applying it to college kids, uh, which is a hilarious concept given you know, the state of things now with social media and these Gen Z kids. It is so goddamn funny, but also it has that background of an actual story and it's, you know, linked to the main show in a way. And so you meet all these new soups, these new characters, and um, they're all hilarious, have really funny powers and the way they use them is, is really awesome too. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, the show is just a, it's a joy to watch and I'm curious how it's going to tie into the fourth season of the boys, which is, you know, coming out soon. Um, but they've created a fun little world here and, um, yeah, I know it's based on the comics, so I hope they keep going with it. Definitely check that one out. Coming in at number four is Reacher. So one of the surprise hits for, you know, myself and everyone last year was this show. And I've been telling everybody about it because, it's such a fun show with such a hilarious character. You know, this big dude with pretty bland but funny and um, sarcastic personality. And, uh, you know, season two doesn't doesn't disappoint. Usually sometimes in a season two, they, they did promote it as being bigger, badder. You know what? It's not. It's it's on par with season one, and, and it has a little bit of that still in it, which is what people like. You have these characters that you can relate to, Right as well as, um, you know, Reacher's little crew. And you get to meet a few different people this season. And I like how they're changing it up. They're doing a completely different book. And so they're leaving the side characters behind from last season. For the most part, there might be some, you know, cameos, not to spoil anything. But they're introducing more of Reacher's friends he's met along the way. And once again, they're trying to solve, you know, a type of mystery over the course of the season. And, you know, the action's fun. Alan Reacher is great as Reacher. He, you know, has the build and everything, and it, the fight scenes are hilarious. And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not. I like how they're not afraid to uh, push the boundaries sometimes with the violence. I think that's good. But overall, such an enjoyment to watch. Coming in at number three is the Bear. The Bear season two, I think, is uh, a bit of an uplifting season for the most part compared to season one, which you know, dealt with the death of our main character's brother and having this restaurant placed on him. Where in season two picks up, they're they're on the up and coming. They're things are getting more positive. They're turning it into Carmi's dream restaurant. And uh a lot of characters have more of an upside and more positive direction, I would say. Of course they have their trials and tribulations and setbacks from all the characters we love. But this season progressed more, and you, you saw that growth. This season also has one of my favorite episodes of the entire year of any show. It's the Christmas episode. Um, I don't know if we can, you know, I think we can all relate to having those tense dinners or those awkward dinners at these holiday moments. And my God, Jamie Lee Curtis, Bob Odenkirk, John Bernthal was in there. They had a lot of cool, like, big actors as part of the family members, Carmi's family. And that the intensity at some of those dinner table scenes was spot on. And it was so well done. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite episodes of the year. But definitely give the bear a go. Such a great show. Coming in at number two is 
The Last of Us. The Last of Us was a game I played uh, years ago, and then number two came out, and I ripped through that. Probably two of the best video games I've ever played, up there with GTA and a few of others. Um, Very graphic, you know, post-apocalyptic world. I'd heard about the show from many of my patients. They've been filming it up in Alberta and Saskatchewan in the cold and the tundra, and I heard the set design and set deck was tough and hard to do. And, um, you know, given the conditions up there, minus 20, minus 30, they killed it. The detail, the scope of this show, everything lived up to the hype. The performances, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, like so well done. Um, just, I haven't seen a show like this be so close to uh, an, ad- an adaptation of a game before, and this is the best they've ever done. Um, I can't wait to see what they do in season two. Obviously, some big things happen, but yeah, overall, I think, you know, he's probably going to win an Emmy for, for something. Uh, Pedro is killing, killing it in the acting game. He was very well done, and same with Bella Ramsey. Like, she, she might win it too, right? Like, the show was just so well done, and same thing with this show. It has one of my favorite episodes of the entire year, and the, and the, this episode really doesn't even feature two, those two uh, those two characters that we just talked about. It actually f- features a few supporting characters. The Bill and Frank episode, um, I think, with like many, it caught the eyes of a lot of people, and it was such a well done, solid hour of television where it told this three-tier story, you know, that had the, the the arcs you're looking for and then concluded, sure, it was tragic. Well, that's the fucking game, okay? That's that's what you paid to play. But very well done overall. And uh, I can't wait for season two. It's probably going to be a while to see that one, though. It takes a while to film these things. All right. And so my number one favorite show of the year no surprise, it's been the best show on TV for many years already, um, Succession. Succession, the final season, I didn't want it to end. I thought it they probably could have dragged it to season five, but I respect the creator who has come out publicly many times and said that he had it in his vision to end it in season four. He didn't want to be one of those shows that dragged this shit on forever, right? And the final season... Had so many surprises, and um, yeah, it, it, certain aspects were really like hyped up to in terms of you know closing certain deals uh, towards the end of the season. It was like a thing that was talked about, and many stages were were kind of not want to say dragged on because everything had a purpose, but it was definitely worked up to. And same thing with this with this season. It had many surprises, and the biggest surprise, obviously, to everybody comes in episode three. I won't say what happens, but the title of the episode is Connor's Wedding, and this episode, to me, is the best episode of television I've seen this year, but maybe even ever. The performances, um, the stakes of what happens, the the you know, the stake of like what's actually going on in the world and what the episode features, obviously a wedding, but some other stuff happens. How they made that all come together while dealing with something else that happens and uh, the panic, the stress that comes along with that. 
you can feel it when you're watching the episode. You can you can feel that tension and that stress, and it kind of comes on you. And um, I just felt like that was one of the best episodes of television I've I've ever seen. Um, did I like the overall ending of the show? I did. Um, does it make sense? It does because I won't get into spoilers, but it's something you don't see coming, but also it's a homage to the kids and how evil they are and how really none of them deserve the best and none of them really, they kind of all played themselves. And um, anyways, that show is going to go down as one of the best shows ever. I am extremely sad it's over, but what a great ending. What a great final season. That concludes my favorite television shows of 2023. We'll be back with more reviews upcoming soon.